Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks and Joanne Crabtree. Today, we're talking about virtual events. It's an important topic and on everyone's minds right now. I was in a virtual meeting this week with about 20 small nonprofit organization leaders, and the number one thing everyone wanted to talk about was what do we do about all these events that we thought maybe we'd be able to do this fall that we now recognize we can't have in person. There are a lot of great resources out on the web with how to's and how to make a good virtual event especially from other organizations who are innovating and who in this time are graciously sharing what they're learning. So we aren't gonna talk about the how-tos of making a great virtual event. We're gonna talk about why you might wanna have an event. Before you leap into the details of technology platforms or virtual entertainment or who speakers should be, we wanna talk about why we have events and what role they play in your organization. You know, COVID has forced us to reframe our events but we also welcome the chance to rethink how we run our events in light of racism in our communities, racism in the US, and how do we better create a community where we're inclusive to everyone. We host events for lots of reasons. Some are good, some are bad. Sometimes we just go into automatic mode and we have the same event every year. We don't really evaluate whether or not it's serving the purpose of why we're even having the event. This is a great chance to get rid of the events you're not doing for the right reasons. That is exactly right, Joanne, and I'm looking forward to seeing nonprofits rethink their event schedule for the year and have that stick long beyond this time of COVID. There are, however, some very good reasons to host events. We came up with three. Sometimes we host events because they help us raise money. Think about auctions or a gala dinner with an important speaker that people want to hear from. How to do those events now? It's a good question. First and foremost, I think you have to decide if it's central to the financial picture of your organization. Is this the main driver you have for raising money? Or can you reach this goal in a different way? You can reach the goal in a different way if the people attending your typical gala or auction event are people who deeply share your vision your values, and the voice of your organization. You can rework that with them for a year. They'll be pleased to know you're thinking about how to do something a little differently in this time. Alternatively, you may decide that, nope, it's important for us to have a fundraising event for our organization. It is a key driver to our financial stability. This is an incredible opportunity to reframe that event. You're going to be asking a speaker to speak virtually. Perhaps there's someone you can reach out to to broaden your perspective on your mission that you wouldn't have been able to lure in person. Perhaps there's a way to change up the way an auction runs so that it's more meaningful and tied to the tone and the personality and the feel of your organization. People will not come into your event thinking it's going to be just like it always was. They know it will be different. And so it's a great pass to let you try something new and different. I think it's a great idea to think about the point of the event is to raise money and how can you create an alternative to that? I think of the school that created the no bake bake sale. They knew that the whole point of the fundraising event was to make money. And they invited parents to just skip the whole event and just give the money. And it was hugely successful. 
Absolutely. And I'm seeing some really interesting examples of people who have reached out to a speaker who everyone in the community would love to hear from, but who would have never come to travel to that place because they would have cost a fortune and would have eaten up all the ticket sales, um, but they're willing to do it virtually. And it's a great opportunity. If you do decide that you need to do an event that feels and looks like the event you've done, but just translate it into the virtual world, remember to change your expectations. You'll have to gross less to make the same net because your expenses are gonna be way down. There'll be no food, there'll be no alcohol budget, there'll be no renting of a venue. So you can restructure your finances for that event and reevaluate what success looks like. Donors may in fact love this. They might be really pleased to know that more of their ticket price is going toward your mission as opposed to their entertainment. Another reason we sometimes host events is to build community. I would argue that now is absolutely the time for these events. Donors and people in general are feeling overwhelmed, helpless, down, and rightfully so. There are some real and very big issues in front of us as a culture and a society. But we as nonprofits are in the business of tackling big, hard issues, and we know how to find success. We need to be sharing our stories now. These events can be simple and straightforward. I know of one organization that's just asked two or three staff people to put together a short video with a story of an impact they're having in the community right now. And then they've sent those out once a week to their donors and said, look at the difference we're making together. I love this idea of the video because when I think about building community, I think about really expanding our sense of time. So what I'm saying is that often in an event, we build community in one time and place. We all come together on one evening to celebrate and to raise money. By putting community front and center as our goal, we can really stretch that out and have people meet in person in small groups or just over that longer span of time. And they can share it with people who aren't necessarily on our invitation list or in our database. You know, one of the difficult things about an in-person event, right, is that you only have so many people in the room mm -hmm. and they might leave and go tell their friends, I went to this amazing luncheon yesterday and I learned these things, but it's even more powerful if they can share a video and share a story directly from the organization and say, wow, I'm inspired by what's going on here in this time. And you can even build that into your strategy, couldn't you? Absolutely. You could think about this viral sharing idea and really map this over a period of time with that as a core goal. I love that idea. I think the other part of building community and having events that do that is that we can acknowledge that sometimes it's a luxury or a privilege for folks to be able to come together at a specific time and place. And by expanding our notions of how we're doing this, our strategy for engaging community, we can reach a much greater diversity of people and really center the experience for people of color, the diverse people that are part of our larger community. Absolutely. And I think a really wonderful gold standard event would be one that has a live component and a non-live component so that you're reaching those who crave the social connection of a virtual live uh, interaction. They want to be able to ask questions or see someone and, and know it's a real person there answering their questions. The third group of events that we all know nonprofits like to host are events that give people something to do to be a part of our movement. Think about a walk, a run, a triathlon, a book reading challenge, or even shorter, simpler events like the ice bucket challenge that was so popular long ago. 
can also be attending a play at a nonprofit playhouse or listening to a mu live music event. Sometimes we're a part of something that's actually happening. Those events are hard to do right now. Let's be totally honest. There's not a lot of replacement for going to see a play in person or running a 5K with a thousand other people who are all raising money for the same cause. So if that is a key financial driver for your organization, you're going to need to pause and really think about, is there an alternative way to do this for this short time period of COVID? At some point, we'll be able to go back to that beloved event. But in the meantime, are we better off sending out a digital photo album, reliving all the great moments from years past and simply asking people if they'll support the cause this year? That's a really fun idea, Sarah. Yeah, I was looking through some old pictures in my organization and realized, oh my goodness, we've been doing the same event for 15 years. We've got pictures of people when they were you know, quite a bit younger. And isn't it fun to look back and remember what you looked like in 2008? I think people will get a kick out of it. One of the realizations in this group of people who do things is that most of these people are pretty agnostic about our mission that they don't run that race or do the ice bucket challenge in order to support that cause. In fact, many times they don't even know what the cause is. They're just doing it because they love to run or they want to post that picture on Instagram. What do we do about that? Because that is hard money to replace. We don't necessarily have a database of everybody who loves to do that activity. I think you got two choices. If you do have a database of who's done it in the past, then spend your time contacting people Use your board, use your volunteers to reach out to people who've done the race in the past and find out what their interest is in your actual mission. Use it as a conversation starter. We're not able to do the race this year. We just wanted to reach out and let you know, can I send you a quick video about what we're doing right now? See if you can convert them to people who care about your mission. If you don't have a database or you find in doing that, that 95% of the people who used to do your event don't actually care about your mission, and it's still a central driver to your finances, then you may need to think about how to creatively virtually host that event. And I have seen some interesting examples of people hosting a virtual walk where we agree to walk the same route. I raise the same pledges I did before, and we try to raise the money. Similarly, you can think about activities people can do at home, uh, safely reading challenges, other ways to raise that money and make that connection. But it's a good opportunity to recognize at this moment that that's a sort of vulnerable spot to be in as an organization. If you're relying purely on being an entertainment provider as a way to fund your mission, you're missing out on an opportunity to really have people make a connection to your mission. And perhaps the best investment you could do right now is figure out who does care about my mission and how do I reach them rather than putting a ton of effort into creating another virtual event. So the bottom line across all three of these reasons why we do events is to really understand your finances, to really have a clear financial strategy that looks at knowing where all your income streams are, where your money is coming from, and strategically planning forward how you're going to organize your events and all your fundraising activities around that financial strategy. Absolutely. What's most important in all of this is that you know why you're putting on an event, you know who you want to reach, and that they want to be reached this way right now, which is a really interesting question to ponder, um, and that you create something that fits this time that we're in and your organizational values. Your tone has never mattered more, and you want your events to reflect the tone of your organization now. What's our word of the week? Our word of the week is gather. 
when we think of events, we think of gathering people. Gathering people in person is hard to do right now with all of the COVID-19 restrictions and, and pandemic spiking as we speak. And so we have to rethink, how are we going to gather people together? And as we think about that, we need to think about why. What's our why? Why do we want to gather people together now? I think it's a great word. And I think about gathering resources because in order to make these changes, in order to shift how we're gathering, we need to really call on every partner, every friend, every colleague, every resource we have across the board to figure out how to move forward. When I think of gathering, I think of how gathering can transform something. As a child, I was taught to sew. I was only 10 and my grandmother taught me how to sew. And so you could take a plain piece of fabric that was just straight and turn it into something wonderful, like a skirt. She taught me that by sewing a thread, I could then pull the fabric together and transform it into something lovely. As a 10-year-old, I wasn't interested in having multiple threads. But when I did, my garment turned out so much better. And those multiple threads are your partners, your volunteers, your staff that you bring in to collaborate with you in your event. You know, many of us right now are grieving the loss of an event we love. We were looking forward to that cider squeeze in September, and it's not going to happen this year the way we envision it. But remember, you may only be losing it for one season. Hopefully we will have those events again. Those beloved events will find their way back into our calendars. Or we may find that this is a great opportunity to do something even better. Give yourself permission to experiment, to analyze what's working and what isn't, and to learn. Your future self will thank you. You've got this. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll share this episode of the Nonprofit Radio Show with your colleagues, friends, and family. Nonprofit Radio Show. Sunshine for small nonprofits. Tune in for our next episode on your favorite podcasting site or at nonprofitradioshow.com. Nonprofit Radio Show is hosted by Nancy Bacon, Sarah Brooks, and Joanne Crabtree. Music composed by Riley Crabtree.